With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm very glad that you came tonight. For I have a story to tell you. And the one who gave it to me is here tonight. But I'll prepare you for it first, for I've been teaching this for years and years and years. We can hear it and never apply it. And I repeat, night after night, we are the operant power. It doesn't operate itself. We still postpone it. Quite often our training is in conflict with it. And we can't quite bring ourselves to apply it. We are told in the 118th Psalm, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's stone. It is marvelous in our sight. Many years ago, sitting in the silence, Thinking of nothing in particular, my eyes closed in contemplation, but not really thinking of any one particular thing. Suddenly, a stone appeared before my eyes. At that size, huge court. And here the court shattered, like a into many, many pieces. And then quickly, he ascended himself at this time into the human form seated in the lotus posture. As I looked at it, I saw it was myself. I am actually looking at myself. I became so immensely lifted. As I looked at it, it began to glow. And then it beat the intensity of, I would say, the light of the sun. And then it exploded. And then I awoke in my chair. The stone that I had rejected was myself. I could not believe that I myself was the cause of the phenomena of my life. I thought he did it, she did it, they did it, the world did it, but certainly I am not responsible. These were things happen because others are the causes. And here I am looking at the stone which the builder rejected. This is marvelous, said he. It's the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our sight. 
When we actually see this world as a world of apparel, behind which the reality of imagining lay, we find the truth. All things exist in the human imagination. And by that I mean the individual's imagination. In your own bosom, you bear your heaven and your earth. And all that you behold, whether the person out, it is within, in your imagination, of which this world of mortality is but a shadow. Now you and I will call ourselves either Christians or Jews, both of the same thing. The Jew is the foundation stone, it is the tree. Christianity is its fulfillment. It is the fruit, but the tree is Judaism, and all that it actually contains will come out eventually in a plan, a wonderful plan that was there in the beginning of time, and that we call Christianity. Blake said, I know of no other Christianity, and no other gospel than the liberty both of body and mind to exercise the divine art of imagination. Many of the apostles knew no other doctrine. And the worship of God is using his gifts. And then he says, God becomes as we are that we may be as he is. Now what is the gift? He also mentions death. The gift to man is all imagination. And God is man. And exists in us. And we in him. The eternal body of man is the imagination. And that is God himself, the divine body, Jesus. Now, as you're seated here, that's all about you. Your own wonderful human imagination is the God of the universe. That is the one spoken of as the Lord Jesus. That's the one. Is it really true? Well, you're called upon to test it. Test and see if it's true. Well, I have a letter on me tonight. I really should read it, but I'm not going to. I should read it just as you wrote it, but I'll tell you the contents of the letter. This gentleman hasn't been here in years. The last time I saw him was in the e-bell. So you know who's been coming since the e-bell, how long that has been. He said, I must tell you this story. It may not make sense, but I must tell it. For it's the first time that I have ever used my training according to the things that I have heard you say. I am a psychologist, and I have wasted years trying to talk people out of their mental problems when I could easily have imagined them whole and happy. 
Now, here is the story. He said, a friend of mine, this lady, claimed that she was in many ways abnormal. She and her husband adopted a little baby girl and something very strange went wrong with the child. The child was four years old and still could not speak and a few words it muttered that God was so that it was simply not intelligible. But in the four years talking to her, there was progress. Then one day she said to me, I do not feel any longer that I am abnormal. So now I say to myself, I am not abnormal. He tried to explain to her that that's not quite the approach. And then he broke the thought and he told me this story. If for instance in my own case, I find a home that I want. I begin to imagine that I'm living in that home and then doubt sets in. This the result that that doubt materializes into a person. And that person has more money than I have and he buys the home, leaving me out in the cold. I know from that experience that every person in my world only reflects a mood in me. Everyone that I meet, whether I know them or a stranger who buys the home that I wanted. When the doubt set in, the doubt materialized into a person. I didn't know him, but he only reflects that mood of doubt in me. So he has more money and he buys the home and I am out in the cold. So I reconstructed a sentence for this lady. And I said, no longer must you say, I am not abnormal. You must now begin to say, I am perfectly normal. She said, I do not feel that. She said, I do not care whether you feel it or not. You must begin to persuade yourself that you are perfectly normal by repeating within yourself, I am perfectly normal. The day she began it, the child went into a coma. So profound was the sleep that it was difficult to rouse her. She could not be awakened. She asked me to examine the child. I said, no, take her to a medical clinic and have them examine the child. But as she began from his suggestion to assume I am perfectly normal, within 24 hours the child awoke. They made the test in the medical center and found her alert and bright. She was only the outpictured statement of that mother who adopted her. The mother began to feel, I am abnormal. So she adopts 
a little child, a little girl and the girl for four years couldn't talk and when she began it was so garbled it made no sense she only bore witness to that strange peculiar claim of the mother who adopted her and when she changed the pattern of speech within her and said I am perfectly normal the child by the medical clinic found her not only alert but perfectly healthy and returning to a normal state in this world the whole vast world is yourself pushed out all that you behold though it appears without it is within in your own wonderful human imagination of which this world of mortality is but a shadow why I found him I found him of whom the prophet spoke they spoke of Jesus and the world is taught to believe he's a man who lived 2,000 years ago and who was crucified 2,000 years ago and I am telling you he is crucified on humanity and the one crucified on humanity is man's own wonderful human imagination that's Jesus and there is no other Jesus that is Jesus he is buried in man he is the dreamer in man and he is dreaming this dream of life what are we feeding him? well I'll tell you what we feed him because he is capable of anything in this world and listen to these words from Deuteronomy the 32nd chapter the 39th verse of Deuteronomy and these are the words of the Lord speaking I kill and I make alive I wound and I heal and there is none that can deliver out of my hand there is only one creative power in the world the one who kills is the one who makes alive the one who wounds is the one who heals and there is no other power than this one power and that one power is your own wonderful human imagination that is God there is no other God he is buried in you and the day will come he will awaken within you when I trust it is now that I could turn you from this world of seeming reality on the outside to a world of imagination so you actually live in your own wonderful human imagination if you do and you really turn into a being who believes in the reality <coughs> of his own imaginal act you are then on the verge of rebirth it does not say when he tells you no one knows not even the son only the father don't ask me when said he but I'll tell you the signs of it when you actually begin to trust your own wonderful human imagination when you can sit quietly all alone asking help of no one and really believe that your imaginal act is a creative fact and that in the interval of time necessary it's going to externalize itself and become a reality in your world you're on the verge of rebirth as you're told 
unless you are born again you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven even though the kingdom of heaven is within you the kingdom of God is within you and God is in his kingdom although he is in his kingdom and that kingdom is in you you can't enter it unless you turn from this world of materiality believing it is the cause believing it is the reality to live in your own wonderful human imagination when you do you'll find yourself on the very verge of being reborn so you're warned do not ask me when I will tell you not even the son knows only the father but I'll give you the symptoms of it when you can trust your own wonderful human imagination that will be the symptom can I stand here tonight and take any request doesn't cost me anything and it's a joy if it's within what I call the golden rule do unto others as you would have them do unto you ask nothing of me that you would not ask for yourself do not ask me to hear any news in this world that you would not really want done to you because first of all I could not do it I use the golden rule then if it comes within the framework of the golden rule it's so easy what would the feeling be like if it were true that you are what you want to be that they are what they want to be that they have what they want to be don't ask me how it's going to happen I do not know the depth of your own being has ways and means that you the conscious surface being know not of it knows exactly how to do it so don't ask how it's going to be done so when doubt sets in as he said in his letter to me when the doubt set in that doubt materialized in the form of a person who also wanted that home and had more money and bought it and left me out in the cold I can tell from the uprising of moods within me that I'm going to meet certain people and I do the mood you can suppress the mood as Churchill says the moods determine the fortunes of people rather than the fortunes determine the mood don't ignore that great man he said that the mood actually determines the fortunes so I would catch a mood well then catch the mood of your wish fulfilled what would the feeling be like if it were true imagine the wish fulfilled what would it be like how would I feel if it were true in spite of all things round about you that deny it you walk as though it were true and in a way that you do not know and you need not know it will externalize itself within your will and you will actually receive it listen to these words with God all things are possible that you will read in the 19th chapter of the book of Matthew now we'll go to the ninth chapter of the book of Mark all things are possible to him who believes he equates God with the believer in man all things are possible to him who believes at Mark Matthew with God all things are possible so he equates the believer in man with 
God. Well, the believer in me is my own wonderful human imagination. What other thing in man but his reality, which is imagination, that believes, is the dreamer in man. I go to bed at night and I dream. The dreamer and the waking eye are one and the same being. Can I believe or am I going to allow certain doubts? Now he is a psychologist, trained to talk people out of their mental problems. Put them on the couch, put them on the chair, and talk them out of it and spend years. When he could easily, as he confessed, have imagined them whole and perfect and happy. But he said, I believe that I was, through my training, compelled to spend these awkward years as anyone who works at a job spends his time in an awkward manner. If you not enjoy what you're doing, then it's simply a job and you're doing something that is to you awkward, if you like it. Like my brother Victor, who has made a fortune. The very smell of the ship, the very smell of the boat, the smell of his store, he loves it. He goes there in the morning and the odor of his store. I can't stand it. He goes into the grocery store and everything about it. He just loves the odor. All the combinations of the odors of the grocery store. He goes into his department store. All the things of the department store. That's the odor. It affects him. He loves it. Goes to a hotel. And the restaurant naturally is all in service. That affects him. And he loves it. He so loves it. He's in the mood of success. So fall in love with something that really excites you. And feel that you are already what you want to be. And I tell you from my own experience and from this man's experience that it will work. Now here is a man who heard me years ago. He came home one day and I thought now here is a man teaching people how to live correctly. And I had two books they are completely out of print. You can't buy them. But I thought if I could give them to someone doing this kind of work who is serious, he is a trained psychologist, I'll give them to him. So I gave him these books. I don't think he's read them. First of all, they're named after the mountains of Switzerland, Zermatt and Opelon. But it's all imagination. The man who wrote it, I presume he's gone now. He was 94 when I last heard from him. But Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I gave him these books. They were new and completely out of print. You can't get the books. You might find them in some second hand. But they were never popular books because they were very voluminous books. But he wrote them in the form of a dialogue like a Plato. 
he introduced five characters and each one was a scientist one was a philosopher one was a mystic one was something else and they all discussed and he had the central one who was the mystic explaining the phenomena and the cause of the phenomena of life and so he wrote these volumes and I gave them to him I asked him the other night because he's here for the second time in years and he mentioned the way he told me about them I don't really think he really read them with understanding or really read them because it's told like a Plato would tell a story introducing characters because the one person is speaking as the scientist as the mystic as the philosopher as the atheist he had them all present only five characters but the books are completely on imagination and it's called the Zermatt Dialogue and the Overland Dialogue and I went down to the bookstore in Long Beach called Acres of Books looking for them and old Mr. Smith he's gone now he was then in his 80s and I was looking all over the philosophical department and the other departments oh he said you wouldn't find them there you'll find them under Switzerland the mountains he didn't know the content of the book go over to the place and look under Switzerland and well, there they were so I found my two books and I parted with them and I gave them to him in the hope that because he is a psychologist a trained one that these were showing that causation is all imagination that imagining creates reality what am I imagining? so they came to him the embodiment imagination and they said but you haven't eaten and they were concerned because he had been left alone and he had not eaten and he said I have food you know not of and the food is what are you feeding your imagination morning noon and night you read the morning paper and you react and you don't know one character there any of them and you react even before you get to the end of the page based upon some biased reporter but you react that's what you fed the Lord for the Lord is your own wonderful human imagination that's God and there is no other God that is the Jesus of scripture that's the Jehovah of the Old Testament and he is housed in you that's why you are immortal so you can drop right now now I tell you it would make no difference to your immortality chop off your head burn you and turn it into dust you are in a mortal being you cannot cease to be because God became as you are that you may be as he is and so you're going through these with these strange peculiar diets and we simply produce what we feed what we feed upon you can learn a lesson from the animal world when we were children we had ducks chickens all kinds of things that you have in a farm and we were a large family there were ten children nine boys and one girl and we had a father mother and grandmother all living in our home and mother would say to us take say two or three ducks and put them away because I want them in two weeks I'm going to have a duck dinner so you take the three ducks and you put them away but she meant that you will change their diet 
because when I was a boy fish was plentiful and cheap you could bring in all kinds of fish we had no refrigeration so if it wasn't sold in the evening early evening it rotted so you simply either use it for strange bait the next day or you fed the animals that is the ducks so we would take the fish while we kept them alive and they fed on ducks on our fish and they got fat and they were altogether healthy but you couldn't eat that bird until you took it and isolated it and put it in a cage by itself and stuffed it with meal, corn, uh, sour milk, anything of that nature and at the end of 10 days that bird having been fed only on say milk or corn or anything you had of that nature the whole system changed and so when you cooked it it was like a milk fed bird if you didn't do it you couldn't eat it it's all fish and I would know I can see it now in my mind's eye when mother said Neville get a few ducks and put them away and I playing cricket and playing soccer I forgot it when I remembered it was only about five days before so I took the ducks and put them away but five days was not enough to purge it completely of the fish well you could smell that thing all over the neighborhood on Sunday afternoon we were going to have ducks and we knew we couldn't have ducks because you couldn't eat it you look at a duck and you're eating fish so it repulsed everyone of course we got a good spanking for it because we didn't do what mother commanded us to do at the time that she told us to do it well that is just like everything else in this world you feed as he said I have food you know not how you feed for a few days a couple of weeks on a changed mental diet in this case in 24 hours when she took the diet that he gave her I am perfectly normal the child went into a deep deep sleep from which she could not be awakened without a struggle and then the clinic said well she's not only bright but she's healthy she's completely right she was simply the outfiction statement that that girl lived with when she said I am abnormal in many ways you take a new diet tonight and just like the duck and it may take you a day it may take you a week it may take you two weeks but if you actually persist in the changed diet you will outpicture that diet that change of diet and your whole vast world will change we are the only beings to whom he gave speech he actually became man and this inner speech is a marvelous gift and you can't stop it you're doing it morning noon and night you go to bed talking to yourself you wake in the morning talking to yourself and whether there's someone present or not you're still talking to yourself you walk the street some are obvious when they do it but most of us are not that obvious but we're doing it anyway we're carrying on little mental conversations with ourselves but what are we carrying on arguments or are we boldly affirming and asserting that I am and then name what I want to be in her case he gave her what she should say and she argued with him and she couldn't say because I do not feel that yet don't wait to feel it he said, said to her do it now I am perfectly normal because if you say I am not abnormal that's not a creative thing towards your goal in fact it may be destructive you want something positive 
not something negative I am not abnormal I am perfectly normal then the child the outpictured self so everyone in your world is yourself pushed out blame no one don't even blame yourself just change the diet they only reflect what you have been doing and maybe still doing and when you see it you change the diet and the diet is simply words all within you so you assume that you are now the man the woman that you want to be walk in that assumption as though it were true live in it just as though it is true and then who knows that diet may not take more than 24 hours I'm quite sure it would not take more than a few weeks to project itself in a way that you do not know how do you know this little duck and I'm speaking from experience I'm not telling a story that someone told me I was the one spanked for not catching those ducks the very day the order was given and mother was a kind of a disciplinarian that she always kept her word if she promised you a bicycle if she gave you a bike because you would do something she kept it if she promised you a beating if you didn't do something she kept that too she was a great disciplinarian I came back during the first world war I went on a schooner to the Vir what is now called the Virgin Islands then they were owned by Denmark Santa Cruz and what is now St. Thomas and, and then St. John we bought them during the war the first world war that is we in America bought them but then I was a British subject and I went down on a schooner to get cattle because we didn't raise cattle in Barbados and we needed the meat and they had the dairy all Denmark Denmark owned them so there were dairy people bought the uh, cattle put them aboard the ship and started back for Barbados and we were becalmed off Martinique Martinique has a huge mountainous volcano we were out of sight of the island so they couldn't rescue us and there's no radio in those days no possibility of contacting the mainland and there we are simply drifting not moving an inch in the course of a day and the cattle are dying they're all dying we were eight days late coming into Barbados and all the cattle are gone from the bilge and the lack of food the lack of water and I thought well now when I came home they'd be so happy to see me because I thought I was gone because the submarines the German submarines were shooting at everything in the area even a little schooner so I came in and I came home they all greeted me with open arms by that very day mother said to me I don't want you to go out into the sun you've had enough sun on that schooner for these many days at sea I must have been two weeks at sea and no possibility of any shade burnt to a crisp don't go out well I had guinea pigs and I had rabbits I had to go and see how my guinea pigs and rabbits were coming on but she told me not to go I figured my first day home certainly mother will not uh, hold it against me so I went out disobeying her order when I came back in she said did I tell you not to go out yes mother I thought well now after all this was my first day home she thought I was dead here I am resurrected that didn't pacify her at all took off that shoe and she wanked me and she let me have it she was the most marvelous disciplinarian she promised you a watch you got it 
If she promised you anything, you got it. Including the whipping. So I'm telling you, a change of diet. And in our case, we are the Lord. And the Lord feasts upon words. He is the word. And so what are you saying to yourself in the course of 24 hours? I am in want, I am this, I am that. Change it. Completely change it. And say within yourself, I am happily, blissfully married, if that's my objective in life. Reason denies it, your senses deny it, I am blissfully happy. And sleep as though it were true. I can tell you that story from my own personal experience. It works that way. And when I told the details of how it happened, people saw the means employed, which I certainly didn't manufacture them, not consciously, and judged me harshly for telling the means. But as you're told in scripture, I have ways and means ye know not of. My ways are past finding out. All you do is simply go on the new diet. For when I found the girl to whom I'm now married, I'm blissfully happy with her since the day I met her back in 1936. I was completely involved. I wasn't divorced and in those days in New York City, a divorce was out. It only became legal after the very, very, very wealthy Rockefeller got his outside and then brought pressure to bear on the state to pass a decent, modest, normal, modern law allowing people who cannot live together to separate and then seek a normal divorce. Prior to that, all divorces were simply collusion. All divorces. You paid someone to find someone and then they signed these little things. You went before the judge and they all knew it was collusion anyway. Well here I am completely involved in marriage and I want to marry this girl. I met her the very first second I saw I said she doesn't know it but she's going to be my wife she doesn't know it yet and simply I slept as though we were blissfully happy she on that bed and I on my bed it wasn't a sect act it was simply she was there in the room in our lovely home and I was in my bed and she was on her bed so I didn't make it an emotional thing of that nature and the girl, who was my former wife, who refused, she even left the state, so as not to be given a summons. One day I got a call from the court telling me to come on down. They needed my advice. I went down to the court wondering what am I doing going to the court in the morning when they brought her in. And I pleaded her case before these three judges. And she said to me, after I got her off, that was a very decent thing for you to do, Neville. And I know you want a divorce. Give me the papers. I didn't have the papers on me. And she and I got into a taxi and rode to my hotel, and I gave her the papers. Now, that's supposed to be illegal, so I'm told now. You can't serve your own papers. I didn't know that. <laughs> gave her the papers. And I got my divorce in the city of New York so I know it works it took me one week to do it that's all that it took me one week I simply went sound asleep in the assumption that my wife was there 
and it's the girl to whom I'm now married and who bore us this glorious daughter and it's been since 1936 so here this heavenly state was denied me because I wasn't feeding myself the right food I have food you know not of and the food are words and you repeat them within yourself what am I saying? as Blake said oh what have I said what have I done oh all powerful human words what have I said what have I done oh all powerful human words if man only realized what he is doing when he is talking seemingly idly to ourselves who cares who knows who knows the only one that cares knows and he is your own wonderful human imagination that is God that's the Jehovah of the Old Testament and the Jesus of the New and there is no other God and he's buried in you and he's dreaming in you and surely you want to awake but you will awake the day that you actually move in to the life of imagination where you trust your imagination and live in it you're not far from the threshold of rebirth but I can't tell you the day or the hour no one knows but the father and the father is your own wonderful human imagination I saw it so clearly this is a stone that the builders rejected but what the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone it was the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our sight so I rejected the fact that I was the cause of the phenomena of my life I couldn't believe it I thought everyone outside of myself caused it then I realized when I saw the vision here is a stone a quartz and it fragmented into numberless parts as he said the one who bought the home that's a, a fragmented part of my own being my doubt brought him into being he materialized my doubt a man, a person and he bought the home I wanted because he had more money I materialized that it came out of me so the whole thing fragmented and then when it came together and formed itself into a man seated in the lotus posture and I looked at it I'm looking at myself that I realized I am the cause he is the dreamer in me and one day he is going to awake from this dream and when he awakes I am he and he and I are one this is the story I am trying to tell the whole vast world because I know it's true and the day will come you will know it's true there is no other God than your own wonderful human imagination I still will invite you although I've told you to do it yourself I still invite you if you feel uneasy about it to ask of me for in the end may I tell you we are one now let us go into the silence
good. Now on Friday, I'm going to show you the parallels between David of the Old Testament and Christ of the New. I know, trained as we are, it is the most difficult thing to separate our preconceived opinions from what we're actually looking at. So I'll give you the passages and quote them for you and show you that you may go home, take the same book that I am going to quote and read it. But you're still going to find it difficult based upon your training to separate your preconceived opinions from what you're actually looking at. I'm going to show you it's the same being. Amplify your productivity and creativity with soulgoodsounds.com. For a minimal $10 a month, gain unlimited access to ad-free, soothing sounds designed to boost efficiency. Discover your perfect soundscape at soulgoodsounds.com and unlock your full potential. Revolutionize your commute with SaulGoodBooks.com. Just $10 a month for endless ad-free listening. Turn your daily travel into an opportunity to explore fascinating audiobooks. Start your audio journey at SaulGoodBooks.com today.